jumping right back in, boys, with part two. We're talking about some uh, some quarterback situations around the NFL that uh, may or may not be open, and uh, some players who could possibly uh, possibly fill those roles. So we went through the AFC and NFC West. We went through the AFC North, and now we're going to get into the NFC North and uh, with two teams that apparently uh, may have an opening at the quarterback position and the ability to fill them. So um, let's start with the Chicago Bears. We're going head versus heart, and uh, I want to start with you, Brian. What does the heart say for the Chicago Bears? Yeah, the heart for me is Jameis Winston. <laughs> we just uh, we talked about him on the last show there um, with with Pittsburgh and um, just some other scenarios. But I think for Chicago, he's a half decent fit um, just in terms of the you know the offense there. I'd like to see this for Allen Robinson personally. Um, obviously, I'm. I mean, every anybody that's ever heard me talk knows I'm a Penn State guy um, and love a Rob. I think he's criminally undervalued um, and is still super young. I mean, he's 26 and he's feels like he's been in the league since Jerry Rice was in the league. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think I would like to see this for, for those weapons. I'd like to see them really air it out. You know, Trubisky, he's been all right, but he hasn't been great. And especially from a fantasy perspective, from fantasy purposes, I mean, those receivers, I mean, I, you know, I, I think I expected a lot more from Anthony Miller too. And I don't know how much of that is Miller and how much of that is Trubisky, you know, and, and, and being able to get him the football. So, um, I think Jameis would be fun in Chicago. Um, you know, it would depend. I, I don't, I don't know what Jameis, I don't know how he plays in cold weather really. Cause I mean, he's been down in Florida for, uh, for his whole career, uh, college and, and pro. So, um, you know, we, you'd have to see how he does in the cold um, and and whatnot. But I, I would like to see this. I would like to see. I would like to see a quarterback in general go to Chicago that's willing to to throw the football and and really sling it. And we all know that Jameis is absolutely willing to <laughs> sling it. He may not always sling it to the right team, but um, he he's willing to sling it. And I would like to see Allen Robinson with a quarterback that is willing to sling the ball. So um, that's why I chose Winston for this particular case. It's kind of interesting. I mean, you know, Tampa Bay, I think, is looking for a total uh, shift in philosophy, which means, you know, going to more of a game manager. Maybe Chicago is as well with, you know, looking for a shift in philosophy, which is, yeah, air it out a little bit. We've got wide receivers. We're paying these guys. Let's let's use them. So uh, it would uh, it would be an interesting plus, like we said, in part one and make sure to check that out if you haven't already start there. Uh, for the full explanation of what we're even freaking talking about. Um, plus some very good stuff on uh, soup versus not soup, among other things. Um, but we kind of said, you know, Jameis Winston is probably going to be the the heart's choice for most of these openings. Um, but uh, it, it, Chicago might be one of the better fits overall. Um but what about the head? What Ethan, what is the what does your brain tell you? that uh, is actually going to happen with the Chicago quarterback situation? You know, I think this is one of those situations where, again, they they invested, they traded up to get Mitchell Trubisky. He has not been great. He has not been the worst quarterback in the league most of the time. I think they stick with Trubisky here. It's not the greatest thing for fantasy. It's not even really the the middle of the road option for fantasy, but ultimately I just don't see any way that they give up on him as quickly as they I don't while there are rumblings of that and maybe they should because I don't think he's the guy. I don't I also don't think that they're going to have the guts to actually like go out and find a replacement. Now, when I say they they won't go out and find a replacement, I don't I mean a guy like Winston. They could bring a veteran in like if Philip Rivers then put some pressure on Trubisky, absolutely. Um even push Trubisky out of a starting job and make him the backup to start the year as a lesson like, "Hey man, if you don't freaking pull it together here, like we are going to move on from you. We will find someone else." Um uh, but I th- I think that 
they're going to end up with Trubisky. I don't think that, well, I, I think that they, they're putting weapons around him. Um, not like dynamic weapons like you would hope. I mean, David Montgomery is a fine running back, but he's not like a dynamic you know, game-breaking running back. Um, I like A-Rob a lot. I actually am a big Anthony Miller stand, so I'm good with him too. Um, I would like to see them inject some juice into this offense, though. I mean, Taylor Gabriel is a, a fine field stretcher, more as a decoy than as an actual like good wide receiver. Um, a guy like Henry Ruggs could could jumpstart this offense. And so um, I would like to see them maybe put a piece there and see if Trubisky can't put it together. Um, I just don't see any other... I don't see any realistic options uh, here besides going with Trubisky for one more year. And then you say, okay, you know, it's time to kind of, we're, we're, we're going to have to go a different direction here because he isn't getting it. So let's, let's uh, have both of you guys go head and heart on this one and uh, just go, um, I just need a one word answer here, but give me a guy who you think would make sense for Chicago, both, um, you know, realistically could happen and, uh, you know, maybe even um, would excite you a little bit is that guy that they bring in, you know, partly to be the, the backup, but more than anything to kind of push Trubisky and say, you know, if you don't, if, if this doesn't start coming together for Trubisky, we're switching to this guy. And uh, this is, this is kind of going to be the guy going forward until they, uh, you know, move on to uh, uh, their their next young quote unquote franchise quarterback. So, um, just to give you guys a list of of some of the the guys who could be available, and I'm going to take out Tom Brady. I don't think he's going anywhere to be a backup. Uh, but you know, Teddy Bridgewater possibly, uh, Jacoby Brissett, I think fits that that kind of that. Uh, uh, in that category, uh, Derek Carr, Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco, Nick Foles, possibly. I mean, he'd be expensive, but um, that's the type of guy I think that we're talking about. Um, maybe Taysom Hill, Marcus Mariota, Case Keenum. Um, I guess Philip Rivers could be a possibility as well. I, I mean, he feels like more of a starting quarterback, like a bridge quarterback for somebody, but um, he could he could fit there as well. I think those are that's probably the main list of guys. I would say the two that stick out the most to me probably are are Bridgewater and Brissett. Um, Bridgewater, I think, is going to end up starting somewhere just based on how he performed when Tabriz was out. Yeah, um, I think he's ready. I think he wanted to last year, and then the Saints basically paid him to be the backup, um, and then he did end up getting to show um, that he could could be a, a pretty viable I mean I don't think he lost a game that he started this year when Breeze was out so obviously that looks pretty good for him I think Brissett makes a lot of sense but I mean I still think that Brissett's going to end up in Indy being the backup for whoever they bring in there um, I, I mean they, they extended him they obviously like him the team really likes Brissett so I don't really see any he's probably more unrealistic for me than even Rivers um, just because I don't think that at least with Rivers, we know he's going to go somewhere else. I don't think Brissett is really going anywhere, but I would say those are the two that make the most intriguing argument, I guess, versus Trubisky. Um, I think you could throw Jalen Hurts in there too if they ended up drafting a guy in the second or third round to be the competition. But um, you know, Andy Dalton's a guy. Maybe that's maybe that's a, a, a you know Dalton is consistent, if not you know super flashy, but I think. You're, you're not impressed with Trubisky, so you want someone that can kind of push him a little bit. Um, but those other names, I don't, nothing really ever, nothing really jumps out as me as exciting and realistic, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, so the one, so I already said Winston. Um, I, I think the one other name that is interesting to me that, that we've heard, um, not a lot of places, but I've heard a couple places is Cam Newton. Um, the problem with, with bringing cam in is, so he's on a last year, his deal. So is Mitch Trubisky. And I think, you know, they, they are more likely to bring in probably one of those guys to say, look, we're going to have something in place in case you don't work out because I mean, Trubisky coming to the end of his contract, you know, he, he, he jumps from being a, 
you know, a $9 million quarterback or whatever it is this year um, to, yeah, $9.2 million this year to, I mean, we're talking about Dak Prescott getting 33 to $40 million. So, you know, I don't think Trubisky would demand that, but are you going to pay him 28? You know, probably not. Um, at least if he continues to play the way he has played in the first three. So, um, so yeah, they're going to have to have somebody come in as a contingency plan. Um, Andy Dalton would be interesting there as well. Um, I mean, I, I personally want Andy Dalton to have an opportunity to start, uh, kind of like Teddy Bridgewater. Like he's another guy that like, I just feel like he, he kind of is underappreciated a little bit. Um, just, you know, what he did with Cincinnati was admirable, not great, but it was okay. It was not bad either. Um, and he gets blamed for a lot of that. So they should blame Vontae's perfect for most of it. So, um, but anyways, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, this one's kind of hard to see. I, I'm not sure what they're going to do. I think, I think head wise, I think Ethan's right. I think it's going to be Trubisky this year. And I think they're going to say, look, kid, you got to show us what you got, because if you don't show us, we ain't paying, you know, 25 plus million dollars a year, um, moving forward here. So, um, we'll see what happens in Chicago. I'm really not sure on that one. Yeah. It feels like it's, it's a team that's ready to compete. So it feels like you want to have a contingency plan in place, even if you are going to stick with Trubisky. So, you know, Dalton Carr, Mariota, those guys make the most sense to me, but, um, I mean, I would love to see them make a, a bigger move than that. Particularly Cam Newton, uh, would be a, a great fit there. I think uh let's see minnesota that they're set for at least another year with Kirk cousins i mean he's he's in a walk year but i don't know that they're necessarily going to to start contingency planning just yet and ditto with the packers you know even with 37 year old aaron Rodgers, i think that that one's pretty well set um i mean they might address you know the future in the draft but i don't think that we're necessarily talking about you know, an, a new starter in Green Bay just yet, but Detroit kind of popped up for I, for a variety of reasons. I mean, they've got the number three pick. Maybe this is just smoke and mirrors to try and elevate the value of that pick so that they can trade out of it. I mean, you know, Burrow's going to be gone. Chase Young is going to be gone. Seems like Jeff Okuda is kind of their guy, but I mean, you know, especially with the injury, he's probably going to fall a little bit. Um, so you definitely don't have to stay put at three to get him. So, you know, there's there's a lot of reason for the Detroit Lions to move down in the draft, and maybe that's all they're trying to do here. But they have mentioned, you know, the possibility of trading Matt Stafford and taking Tua with that number three pick. Uh, yeah, we'll just go start with the heart with you, Ethan. I still think Stafford's the guy here. Um, he was having a great year last year, a, a really solid. If you just look at the per game numbers that he was putting up last season, I mean, he's still, he's not even that old yet. And so that dude can sling it. I mean, he has had, you know, I think he had five or six straight years of over 4,000 yards passing. Um, you know, Stafford is not just, He's not like Mitchell Trubisky where it's like, do we even know if he's a good quarterback? No, Stafford's a good quarterback. He just has a lot of injury issues, um, which has gotten teams to question, you know, can he stay durable enough for an entire season to take us to the Super Bowl? And I think we're we're waiting to see on that. I mean, but it is a shame that he got injured last year because I do feel like he was having a great season, a bounce back season, a season that. I think would have significantly raised his stock to the point where nobody was questioning um, if he was worthy of being the starter or not. And so I'm going to say my heart's going to still stay with Stafford here. Um, some people might say Tua, are we really sure that Tua is going to be a better immediate fantasy producer than Stafford is in an offense that he already knows with wide receivers that trust him that he, that he's still building better rapport with, um, hopefully they get the running back situation figured out because I I don't trust Carryon Johnson to stay to stay healthy and so 
you know, maybe they add a guy at a running back or maybe carry on Johnson just fine figures out a way to stay healthy. We saw Leonard Fournette do it. Uh, carry on Johnson is a good talent. Maybe he can figure it out too. Um, and this offense comes back. And I think that Stafford is, is the quarterback is a good quarterback. Whereas a lot of these situations were questioning bad quarterbacks versus like maybe a little bit better. I don't think that's the case with Stafford. I do think he's still a pretty talented guy. What do you think, Brian, as far as what does the head say with Detroit? Yeah, if they're smart, it's Matthew Stafford. Uh, I mean, Ethan was was talking about last season before Stafford got, got injured. So first of all, he played who knows how many weeks, but several weeks with a broken back, and he was the QB six. Weeks one through nine, he was the quarterback six. So um, in an offense that wasn't supposed to be really pass happy, right? I mean, Bevel comes in there and they're like, oh, crap. You know, I mean, well, we were all like, oh, crap. Um, you know, and then Matthew Stafford goes out and he's the quarterback six through nine weeks, um, throwing it all over the place to Galladay and to Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson had a couple huge games there early. Um, Matthew Stafford is criminally undervalued. I mean, and he's, it's been that way for a long time. Ethan, you were saying about the over four, you know, the several seasons in a row over 4,000. It's seven seasons in a row over 4,200 passing yards. Um, and, and that was through the 2017 season. And then obviously the last two years, um, I mean, this year he missed seven games. Um, and then last year he had a, you know, he didn't have a great year. It was 3,700. Uh, plus passing yards and 21 touchdowns. So um, a little bit of a down year there. But but Matthew Stafford is, I mean, he's only 30, what, one, 31 years old, I believe. I think he'll be um, 32 in season. 32, yeah, yeah, 31, uh, 32 in season. Um, they have, so the contract is interesting. So they can cut him after, after this season. Um, it's a $19 million dead cap hit. I don't think that's an option. I don't think they're going to sit on $19 million. Um, I think the only option to move on from Stafford would be if they were able to move him in, in a trade. Um, so we were just talking about the Steelers. Matthew Stafford would be a guy that I would go out, I would consider trading for. If they're looking to move him, and I don't know what the cost would be, but I mean, if they're looking to move him, um, I mean, this year, and this year's reasonable, twenty one point three million. Next year's rough, thirty three. Um, but then that, but then that drops to twenty six million in twenty twenty two. I mean, I would feel, I would feel great. I would do a happy dance if the Steelers could some could somehow make that work. I don't think they can with the money. Um, but but Matthew Stafford's. I mean, if if Detroit is smart, Stafford will be their starting quarterback at least this year, and and honestly beyond that because he's. He's done a lot for that team. Um, you know, I don't think they, I, I don't, th with a lesser quarterback, I don't think they do even what they've done um, during Stafford's tenure. So, um, and he's, and he's a, again, criminally underrated, not only as an NFL quarterback, but also as a fantasy quarterback. I mean, he's been a stud. He's been a stud putting up numbers. Um, you know, again, seven years in a row dating back to what was it, 2011, I think. Yeah, 2011 was his third year in the league, uh, and that was his best season, 5,038 yards and 41 touchdowns um, in, in that year, and Calvin Johnson obviously around and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I love Matt Stafford, and he should be the quarterback for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I think if, if Matthew Stafford truly is available, I think he replaces Jameis Winston as kind of the diamond on top of the hill, kind of the, the prize in this quarterback class there's not a team on this list with the possible exception of the San Francisco 49ers where Matthew Stafford isn't an upgrade and it doesn't make a ton of sense. I mean, you get all the gunslinger mentality that, you know, that we love for fantasy purposes with Jameis Winston, but he also comes with, you know, a brain attached to that arm. So, you know, that's, yeah, that's kind of the, that would be the prize and anybody, uh, if he's truly available, any one of these teams would be just insane to not even take a shot at him. Uh, a quick scan of the AFC East. 
you know, the, the Buffalo Bills are set with Josh Allen. Uh, the Jets are, I, I mean, they're still set with Sam Darnold. This, this is, this thing's far from over. Um, Adam Gase is definitely a problem, but we've still seen flashes from Sam Darnold and he's super young. He's still uh, 22, 23 years old by the time the season starts, something like that. So, you know, he's, he's actually, uh, he's the same age as Joe Burrow essentially with two years now of, of starting NFL experience. So um, Sam Darnold is, uh, is he's pretty much cemented in that role, but uh, the, the other two teams in the FC East, um, I, I don't think that it's set at all. Uh, let's start with the Miami Dolphins where, I mean, they are committed to Ryan Fitzpatrick to, to start 2020, but I mean, it feels like that's going to be kind of a bridge situation. So I, let's, let's, I think that we're talking about who is Ryan Fitzpatrick, the bridge to, now let's start with a heart, Brian. What does the heart say for the the future quarterback of the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, so I have Justin Herbert here, and it's it's strictly based on the fact that I said Tua earlier to the Chargers. Um, you know, the nice thing for the Dolphins is they're sitting in a really pretty spot with three first round picks, uh, including the number five. You know, they're going to get one of these top three quarterbacks if they want them, um, and I think they certainly do. So um, it's just a matter of you know, which one falls to five. Cause I don't think they'll move. Um, they could, they could move to three. Uh, they could move to three to just to make sure they get to it. If that's the guy they want or Herbert, if that's the guy they want. Um, but they're definitely sitting pretty where they are, uh, as well. And I think they'll get one of these, these, one of those two guys two or Herbert. Um, Again, I, I just have Herbert because uh, I, I would prefer to uh, in Los Angeles with the Chargers. Um, but you know, either either way, I think um, it, it's a good a good scenario for Miami. That's fair. That's the exercise in uh, keeping keeping it all in one universe is uh, definitely ideal. So um, the the heart says Tua to the Chargers and Herbert to the Dolphins. What does the head say for the Miami Dolphins? So Ethan. Yeah, the head's got to go with Tua here. Um, all of the rumors for the last eight months have been that they really like Tua. Um, they're sitting at five. They they hold the keys to getting Tua if they want him. They're going to be able to if they. I think. I think they're going to have to trade up because I really do feel like if the top of the first two picks go the way we expect them to with Burrow and Young, somebody's going to have to trade to three for the Lions to get a Tua, there are three or four teams that are all sitting with top 10 picks that the Lions would be more than happy to listen to offers from. And so I do think that if Miami sits, they're going to end up with Herbert because I I feel like one of Carolina, uh, with who has a brand new head coach, don't really have a quarterback that's his guy. You know, Matt Rule could say, hey, look, I've seen I've seen this to a guy play. Okay, uh, we're going to move up. We're going to go get our quarterback. Me and Joe Brady are going to make some serious magic here on this offense with our guy. Um, you know, you've got the Chargers. They they would be more than happy to. They're obviously looking for a quarterback if they feel like Tua is the best option. You more and more we're seeing teams having to trade up regardless of if they have a good spot in the draft. Anyway, I mean. Chicago set the worst precedent when they moved up from three to two. And so I think this is going to be another situation where basically I don't think that anyone is moving to four because the giants never trade back and they're poorly run organization. Sorry, giants fans, but the people in charge of your team are not very good at this, this whole like trading in the draft thing. They're going to stay put. They're going to take whoever they really like there, whether it be an offensive tackle or uh, Isaiah Simmons or whoever they really enjoy at four, they're going to take that person. And so really the only place to trade up to beat the dolphins to this to this pick for Tua is at three. And I think that the pressure is going to be there on the Dolphins and the Dolphins are going to look at themselves and go, we're going to have the best offer. We have all these assets. Let's just go get Tua, lock him in, make sure that we know, you know if, if that's their guy. If I hope they wouldn't trade up for Herbert, but if they really feel like Tua is the best option for them, 
And I think that that's what they want to do. I think they're going to have to trade up to three to get him. Um, they could play the waiting game and see if if nobody else, if they, if they all play chicken and nobody nobody takes anybody, I think they're still going to take him at five. So um, regardless, I think they're going to end up with two up some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I agree. I think he's going at three, so they better move up to do it. Uh, uncharted territory in New England. For the first time in 20 years, Tom Brady's going to, test free agency uh, man it's it, it it i i'm just gonna i'm gonna let you guys do the analysis on this one because uh because this one it's a weird one to see tom brady not just penned in you know written in stone as a starting quarterback for the new england patriots so i'm gonna start with you ethan and what does the heart say for the new england patriots starting quarterback in 2020 so I, I, I went a little out here, out there with this, but just, just, just listen, listen to what I have to say first. Before, I love this one. So yeah. Before you, um, let, let, before you get after me about this, <laughs> I'm on board. I went with Josh Rosen here and here's why Yes, I don't think Josh Rosen has ever been given a fair chance to succeed in the NFL. True. He went to the Arizona Cardinals, which they were a hot mess that year. They had, Two different coaches, two different, two different, I think two, two or three different coaching schemes. The worst offensive line that I've seen in on an NFL field in a while. No offensive weapons, no running. You know, I'm pretty sure David Johnson was hurt that whole year, so no running back. He had nothing to work with. He was he was running around like a like a crazy man. Then he gets you know he gets basically supplanted by Kyler Murray. Okay, that's fine. Kyler Murray is probably going to definitely a better quarterback than Josh Rosen is fine. That's okay. That doesn't mean that Josh Rosen is a horrible quarterback. I think he was a good quarterback or at least a promising quarterback prospect in a horrible situation. He gets moved to Miami. Miami gives him the shaft too. They were terrible all year. Then they wouldn't commit to him to let him fail or at least try to succeed. They immediately replaced him with Fitzpatrick for whatever reason, probably arguably costing them uh, the chance to get their future franchise quarterback. I mean, they they could conceivably have played themselves out of Chase Young, Joe Burrow, and Tua if things don't go their way. And that is a catastrophic failure from an organizational level. Even if Josh Rosen isn't the guy, let him fail and get a top three pick and lock yourself in for sure with one of those three dudes. But regardless of that, I think Josh Rosen is a perfect player to go into Belichick's system because I think he's a super smart dude. I think that he will, he has had a few years in the league to know what not to do. And I think that Belichick could make Rose could re, give Rosen a redemption story, which basically says, "Hey, look, you kind of got the shaft the last two places you were at, but in this, in my system, somebody that's as intelligent as you that can place footballs as well as you can go back and look at some of the throws that were just blatant drops that Josh Rosen made when he had a chance to actually play in Miami." He was dropping a few, a few pretty nice throws in that in those few games that they actually let him play that were just drops that would have significantly changed people's opinions of him as a quarterback. Let him come up to New England, get a fresh start again in a better system with a better team around him and just see. Just see, he's going to cost you nothing. And so why not? And if you suck, guess what? You suck for Trevor Lawrence or you suck for Justin Fields. And then you get 20 years of great quarterback play. I mean, <laughs> this seems like a no brainer to me uh, for the Patriots. And even though I think Josh Rosen's reputation in the fantasy community has been pretty shot down uh, to this point, basically to the dust, you can get him for basically free. I can see a situation where Josh Rosen could succeed in new England. And that, is worth that makes my heart happy and so that's why this is my heart pick even though it might not be the best fantasy pick on paper which of course it probably isn't because you're you're either one assuming he he succeeds and surprises people or two you're hoping he sucks so that you can get an elite quarterback prospect at the top of the draft next year i love that one um 
but unfortunately it might not be super realistic. So Brian, what does the head say? Tom Brady is, is my, my head says Tom Brady because until Tom Brady is not a Patriot, he's a Patriot. So it looks awfully like, I mean, I mean, it, it certainly looks like he's gone. He's he, I mean, the, the, the wheels are in motion. The reports are that he's, you know, he and Belichick aren't on the same page and that, to me, this sets up like a Hollywood screenplay where Tom Brady comes back to the place where he's become the greatest of all time at the last possible second, and he rides in on the white horse and saves the day for the Patriots, and they win number seven and he goes off into the sunset. That's that's what this all feels like to me. Until Tom Brady is not a Patriot, Tom Brady is the Patriots starting quarterback. If it's not Tom Brady, I think Andy Dalton makes a lot of sense as a bridge guy if they don't believe in Jarrett Stidham. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So Hey, the pronunciation thing is a real thing. I'm a Yinzer. You got to remember. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I think, I think Dalton makes sense there. Um, you know, that team is also, I think still built to win. Um, they're close to having to rebuild, but they're not there yet. Um, and I think that, you know, anytime, look, Bill Belichick is, is probably the greatest coach of all time too. So, you know, if there's a quarterback that can come in there and manage things, a guy like Andy Dalton, um, you know, I could see I could see that being very successful in the short term. So we'll see what happens with that scenario. But again, my my biggest thing here is until Tom Brady is not the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots, Tom Brady, in my mind, is the starting board quarterback for the New England Patriots. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to to imagine a world where he's not, I, I, man, I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's gone. I really do. I think that, uh, that there's a lot of ego at work here. And, uh, and I think that, uh, on both sides, I think this is going to be a mutual split, but I mean, until we see it happen, it's going to be pretty hard to believe it. Um, I think we can talk about Washington. I mean, I, I don't know that they're necessarily going to make a move. Uh, it's the only team in the in the NFC East uh, where there's even a question. Uh, kind of the same as the uh, with the Lions. They have talked a little bit about possibly trading out of the number two pick. Um, you know, for somebody who's desperate for a quarterback, uh, and you know, in order to enhance that value, they've kind of threatened to take Tua with the number two pick. So I, I mean, I think that we can hit this one really fast, and uh, it looks like you guys uh, are kind of in agreement on that. But we'll start with you, Brian, with just what does the heart say with the Washington, uh, the Washington offense? Yeah. So e, uh, I'm sorry, Stompy and I talked about this on our breakout show, um, and uh, you know, I, I, my my heart says Dwayne Haskins. I want to see what this kid's capable of. You know, he, the, the one thing about him and stop and I talked about it on that show. I mean, he's not played. He, he's not been a starting quarterback very long. I mean, he had one year at Ohio state and then his rookie season with Washington. Like, so what do you want to see in a guy that's been a starter for two years? You want to see growth. And I think that's what we saw at the end of last season before the injury or, or towards the middle of last season before the injury, we saw some growth, you know, the completion percentage started to rise. He started to have better games. He started making better decisions. And you got to remember too, he was playing behind an offensive line that for the second year in a row was decimated by injuries. So I want to see Dwayne Haskins, and I want to see what he's capable of. I don't think we've had the opportunity to really see. You know, he, he he's. He, I think he showed some things towards the middle of the season that led me to believe that he's capable of continuing to grow and grow into the player that maybe they drafted him to be at the 15th overall pick in that draft. So my heart wants Dwayne Haskins to get an opportunity here. And I hope that over the course of a full season that he continues to develop and that he 
he ends up being the starter there and being fantasy relevant and all of that for those weapons. So my heart says Haskins. Nice. What's the head say, Ethan? The head also says Haskins. Um, I've used this reasoning for a few of these teams already, but when you invest in a starting quarterback, you need to give him more than a year or two. Um, and I think that's the case here. And you're sitting, <laughs> you're sitting there looking at Chase Young, who is an elite pass rushing prospect, like one of the best we've seen in the last 10 years. Just take that dude. Just take the blue chip guy. Good teams just take the best players that are there. And so is to a, a great quarterback prospect. Yes. But you just drafted a quarterback. And so you have to ride with this dude and you take a defensive player that will set you up for the next six to 10 years. Maybe you take an offensive tackle or some offensive line help. Maybe you convince a guy like Trent Williams to come back and you give Haskins an, a chance to actually show why you draft him in the first round last year. I just, I think the Kyler Murray situation has got teams overthinking what happens when you take a quarterback and they don't immediately hit to like just massive, you know, Lamar Jackson levels of success instantly. Pat Mahomes sat for a year before he became a great, a huge star. Like give these guys a chance to develop or just admit that you suck at developing players. And if that's what you're admitting, you need to gut your whole system because you're supposed to win football games. And so that's all I have to say about this. I just, I get frustrated when teams just throw these dudes out to the wolves and I'm not even a Haskins Stan. I don't like Dwayne Haskins. I didn't like him as a prospect. I didn't like when he pouted about falling to 15 or 16 in the draft. I thought that was a really immature move, but he's a kid. You know, he's still a young guy. Give him a chance to actually develop into something before you just like kick him out the door. I would love it if they admitted that they, uh, that they can't develop a quarterback though, that I would respect that. Um, so the rest of the, the NFC East, uh, you know, obviously Carson Wentz is cemented with the Eagles. Uh, obviously Daniel Jones is cemented with the Giants. The Dallas Cowboys were on here for a minute, but it looks like, I mean, they, they've made a substantial offer to Dak Prescott. If he doesn't accept, they're just going to put the franchise tag on him. By the time you're listening to this episode, that may have already happened, in fact. And uh, once they franchise tag him, then they're going to work out an extension. So it's Dak Prescott. Uh, so we can move on to the final region. Back to the AFC, and we'll go to the south. The Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, man, just did not impress. And he started off just fine. But, you know, by the end of the season, it was pretty obvious you're not going to be able to win with Jacoby Brissett. And this is a team that really, you know, it's a it's a fairly young defense, possibly the best offensive line in the league. Um, you know, they've got they could use a little bit of work at the wide receiver position. Um, they're pretty deep at running back. I mean, this is just it's a team that's ready to con to contend. And it's a fairly winnable division, too. So the fact that they just weren't able to stay in it with Jacoby Brissett, I think that there's probably a move coming. Uh, so let's, uh, let's start with you, Ethan. And what does the heart say for the Indianapolis Colts? So I had to wait for Brian to stop bashing his microphone <laughs> against his nose. Um, <laughs> this one, this one really is talking with my heart and I don't believe that this will happen, but if we're talking best case scenario for the Colts in fantasy football, the name is Andrew Luck and he comes back and he's yes. fully healthy and he kills it. Um, I'm, I'm so sad that I don't think that this is going to be the case. I mean, I've listened to Oliver Luck, his dad, who's the commissioner of the XFL talk about basically Andrew Luck's like pretty content with not playing football anymore. He made a crap ton of money. He was super smart about it. He doesn't need to put his body through it anymore. And so Best case scenario, Andrew Luck comes back. Uh, that's what my heart would say is the best case for fantasy, but I know that that's not what the actual situation is probably going to be. Man, that would be nice. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, let's just get to the head. I mean, there's there's kind of a lot to unpack there, so <laughs> we'll uh, we'll leave it to uh, the theater of, of of our minds. The triumphant return of Andrew Luck. By the way, in with the last pick the last one of the last two picks of all of my startups so far, 
including mock drafts, I've been taking Andrew Luck. Uh, just because, I mean, first of all, that's the end of the bench guy. If he doesn't come back, he's your first cut, you know, pretty easy. And you're still going to get whoever you would have drafted otherwise. And second, I mean, if he does come back for whatever reason, if he, if he does happen to come back, I mean, you just got an absolute steal with the, you know, 20th, 24th, whatever, 28th pick in your draft. Uh, the other guy I've been taking is Rob Gronkowski, uh, kind of for very similar reasons. Um, but that's a almost universally I've been making that move. But uh, let's talk about what the what the head would say, Brian. Yeah, I think for me, it's Philip Rivers. Um, and obviously, you know, the there's smoke out there uh, to, to support this. Uh, you know, his offense or the offensive coordinator for the Colts, Nick Sirianni, used to work for the Chargers um, as an assistant um, and has a relationship with Rivers. So um, I, I like Rivers to, to the Colts. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's as simple as that for me. Yeah, that's a good one. Again, it's a team that's ready to compete. Um, just need the quarterback to do it. And uh, Phillip Rivers could definitely be that guy, at least for, for a year or so. Uh, the the Houston Texans are set with Deshaun Watson. Um, actually, the other two teams in this division, though, it's it's not it, 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 it. There's at least a discussion to be had. So let's we'll start with the Tennessee Titans. Um, where uh, Ryan Tannehill is a free agent. Um, he's uh, he's going to be expensive. They're already in on, uh, it sounds like at least, they're in on the Tom Brady sweepstakes. Um, they lost a Peyton Manning sweepstakes several years ago, and now, uh, now they're going to try and avenge that by uh, going and getting Tom Brady, I guess. But what does the heart say, Brian? What would be the best fit fantasy-wise for the Tennessee Titans? Yeah, this one. So I, when I filled this one in, I, I think for me, I, I filled it in, in a little bit more for my heart, like, you know, making my heart feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Uh, and, and, and the guy that I put in this, this slot is Nick Foles. So Nick Foles is like one of my all time favorite players. I love Nick Foles. Um, I think it was amazing that he led the Eagles to the Super Bowl after coming back to the team. Um, after a stint with the Rams and whatnot. Um, I would just like Nick Foles to get the opportunity again to lead a team. Um, you know, you know, we saw with the Jaguars last year. I don't think, I mean, it was a week one where he got knocked out with the, with the injury. So uh, he looked good for half a game there. And then he didn't look good when he came back. So I, I want to see him get another shot at it. Um, you know, they, they have Tannehill going out. So obviously, you know, if they don't re-sign him, then they're in the market here. Um, you know, and I think Foles, I think Foles and Tannehill are somewhat similar too. So I feel like he could, you know, I mean, AJ Brown's there. Obviously, they got John New Smith emerging at the tight end position. Corey Davis is there, but mm, um, we'll see if they re-sign Derrick Henry. And if they don't, then that changes things too. I, I like. Nick Foles to Tennessee if Derrick Henry is there to carry the load. Um, you know, Nick Foles as a game managing quarterback has shown what he can do. So um, I would like to see him there just, you know, personally speaking. From a fantasy perspective, I don't know that I get ultra excited about that. I don't think it hurts guys like AJ Brown or Corey Davis. Um, you know, I don't I don't know that Ryan Tannehill and and I John, we might argue on this one, but I don't know that Ryan Tannehill excites me a lot more than Nick Foles does from that perspective, uh, from a fantasy perspective in this, in that same offense. Um, yeah, that's fair. yeah. but, uh, but yeah, so Nick Foles is, is my heart on this one. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's, it's the, the whole question is, uh, is, is the, the price tag worth it, uh, to get Foles? Cause you're probably going to have to eat a lot of that contract. I, I would assume. Um, and he's due something like 27 million this year. So, uh, what about the what does the head say for the Tennessee Titans, Ethan? Pretty much everything Brian said. You just ignore that, and they just they they keep they keep Tannehill, and they <laughs> they go with the the status quo. Um, I mean, 
yeah, full sounds good, but the problem right now is that they can't afford to keep Derrick Henry and Tannehill. So I don't see how they would it would make any sense to try to take on a, a huge contract because obviously they Derrick Henry is it's amazing. There's not very many offensives in the league where the running back is actually probably just as important or close to as important as the quarterback for the offense's success. But Derrick Henry has had this offense built around his skill set, which is basically that offensive line is big, mean, and ugly. And so not like the guys are ugly, but like they play ugly. Like they freaking their their job their goal is to bash the snot out of your defensive line. And then like Derrick Henry bashed the snot out of your secondary and your linebackers for four quarters and good luck keeping up with them. And so they want a guy that they trust that can keep the game flowing if they need him to. And I think that they liked Tannehill. That's why they traded for him um, to come in as a, as a backup, what we thought was going to be a backup, which did not end up that way. Um, Some of us on this show predicted that some of us did not. And so, you know, I think they're just going to stick with Tannehill because that's the safest bet for them. Um, They've seen that it's been successful and, Maybe give him a fall off season. Season is even better in this offense. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with them sticking with Tannehill. Franchise Ryan Tannehill draft Jonathan Taylor. There's uh, there's the move right there. Cleans everything up. AJ uh, Dillon. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a big comp. boy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you can get him later. So uh, I I mean Jonathan Taylor, it would have to be in the first round. Yeah. Um. The the other team, the the last team in the AFC South, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, the, the, so the starter is set with Gardner Minshew. The kind of the question is, I mean, they want to trade Nick Foles, but that contract is just weighing him down. I don't think they're going to be able to necessarily unload that. So the question becomes with Nick Foles on that contract still on roster, how long is the leash for Gardner Minshew? So I think the question here, instead of who's going to start 2020, is who's going to finish 2020. Um, let's uh, and and we'll just start with you, Ethan, with the heart. I want to go with Minshew here. Um, I I still think that I think he showed enough last year. He's super cheap, and anytime you can find a even a middle of the road quarterback that's super cheap. Uh, you should probably try to build around that guy somewhat to see if maybe you can succeed because a cheap quarterback contract is huge for building an NFL team. Uh, this is one of the reasons that I'm concerned about the Kansas City Chiefs uh, in the future because at some point they're going to have to give Pat Mahomes a ton of money and it is hard to build solid defense, solid O-line, solid offensive weapons around a mega quarterback contract. I mean, look at what is happening even with – you know, a guy like Aaron Rodgers the last few years, I mean, he he started getting big money deals and all of a sudden they can't put together a solid defensive secondary. They can't really put together a, a nice run in the trenches. I mean, they're they're hurting. And I think part of that is because they have this massive contract on their books. Um, one way Se- you can Seattle is is the model for all of this. You know, they they had Russ Wilson on that on that rookie contract and just built a, an absolute all-star team around him and then once it was time to pay him everyone's gone couldn't keep it and so you know i think the jack i think the jaguars have more pressing needs than quarterback in the draft in worst case scenario they keep you know i know they're trying to shop foals but that contract doesn't look like it's going to be moved very easily so you can still have both of those dudes and basically rehash what you did this year but i think Minshew is the guy that they want to build around moving forward because he's a lot cheaper yeah what is uh what's ahead say brian who ends the season as the starting quarterback for the jags yeah i think it's Minshew. i I think it's Minshew too um you know i I think they're going to do whatever they can to get rid of nick Foles and that contract um i I will say you know going back to the titan situation i just real quick i think you know a scenario where that could work money wise is if the jags end up paying a part of the contract um 
you know, so we'll see what happens again. We'll see what happens there. But I think I think Minshew makes sense here. Um, you know, Minshew Mania capitalize on that marketing opportunity and the merchandise and all that stuff because we all know that the Jags aren't going anywhere <laughs> real soon. Um, you know, so ride Minshew, suck bad, and then draft one of those stud quarterbacks that's coming out next year. So I feel that's, like that's kind of where my I strategy for like six of these teams. True. <laughs> Somebody's going to be really hurting next year for quarterback because yeah. we got about five teams that were like, you know, the best option is actually to suck. And then maybe you'll get <laughs> one of the two good quarterbacks next year. Uh, I'm not sure that's yeah. the best strategy for all of these teams, but um, definitely two, two teams are really going to succeed once they get Lawrence and fields. So Somebody's going to have a quarterback situation addressed by next year. Well, and here's another one they could potentially do. I mean, they're they're still drafting in the top 10, but uh, they're not going to get a shot at Burrow. They're not going to get a shot at Tua. I don't even know that Herbert's going to be there for him. The Carolina Panthers, though, want to move on from Cam Newton. Uh, you know, Matt Rule comes in as, as uh, the offensive guru to uh, – he becomes the new head coach, and – I, I, it sounds, it just kind of sounds like the quarterback that he wants for his system is not currently on roster. Um, you know, Stompy had mentioned that he feels like the, that quarterback is on roster, but it's Will Greer. Um, but, uh, I, you know, it, man, it, we, we didn't see much from Will Greer to inspire a whole lot of confidence. I love Will Greer, but, uh, I, I just, I question, um, if they're ready to go all in on him. So with that being said, what does the heart say, Brian, for uh, the starting quarterback for uh, the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, so this one I did I did the exercise correctly. Uh, nice. and, and, I, and I chose Phillip Rivers here and for one reason Bonus. and one reason and one reason alone. Phillip Rivers dumping off to running backs. Christian McCaffrey might have 180 catches. He might have 180 catches for like 1,500 or 1,700 yards. It would be absolutely amazing because Philip Rivers, I mean, we know he he's, he's I mean, especially over the last couple of years, he's made his, his career by dumping off to the running backs. So, uh, you know, I, this would be amazing for Christian McCaffrey. Um, so, yeah, that's why I picked Rivers. Simple as that. Ethan, hands on the table, please. Let let's see those hands. Let's uh, let's let's get them out of your lap at least. Uh, and and tell me and tell me what the head says for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, one, I'd Not like that to, head. I would like to argue that Brian picked the incorrect heart. The heart answer is that Joe Brady gets to keep. Joe Burrow and Matt Rule and Joe Brady and Joe Burrow take over the world. Um, but I did, as someone who has Christian McCaffrey in a few leagues, I did really enjoy that that uh, that situation where he catches 180 passes. Ooh, yeah, you maybe Thank enjoyed you. it. That a makes little me feel much. real good. Um, <laughs> the head answer here is you stick with Cam uh, because you don't really have another. Nobody wants to take him. One, two, um, you that is the best option at quarterback because I don't know if you're going to get one of the top three rookies. And so if you can't get one of the top three rookies, you might as well go with your, your former MVP that was hurt to start the year last year. Didn't really get a chance to ever fully recover. And then eventually stayed, stayed off, um, stayed off for the, the entire season. So I think you you run it back with Cam, and then if if Cam shows that he just he can't develop as a passer, um, then you then you can move on later when it's a little bit easier to get him off the books, um, and you you can at least justify it to your to your team that says, hey, look, we gave the Super Bowl, you, we we gave the the guy who got us to the Super Bowl, we gave the guy who um, won an MVP with us another chance. You know, he just doesn't have any more. It's time to move on. Um, I would hate to see Cam go out on an injury. That just doesn't seem like a really, um, you know, uh, for for a guy who's given so much to that organization, I just don't feel like that's a really great send off. So um, my head says Cam here. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably fair. Um, just, so, just a just a quick yes or no uh, answer from both of you guys. Uh, whether it's Rivers, whether it's Cam, is are are these guys just the bridge to Will Greer, or do you think it's somebody else? 
I am not a Will Greer guy, so no. It's somebody okay. else. Okay. Yeah. I'll say somebody else as well. Because I think if they were enamored with Greer, they would have said something have, or mentioned well, it. Or, yeah, he would have had an opportunity last year. I mean, okay. Kyle Allen didn't really light things up. So, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Tampa Bay Bucks. Man, Jameis Winston's terrible. And uh, they finally have an opportunity to get rid of him. Um, are they going to do it? What does the, uh, what does the heart say, uh, Ethan? Um, Winston's been one of our favorite answers for best case scenario. I'm going to stick with this is the best case scenario for Winston and for fantasy owners because that offense is legit. Yeah. They got two top five wide receivers in fantasy last year with Winston, even though he looked terrible. And so from a real football perspective, maybe you have to ask this question of is Winston the guy, but from a fantasy perspective, you want Jameis Winston. For sure. Yeah. And that's totally fair. I mean, uh, I I think that those wide receivers take a little bit of a hit for fantasy purposes, unless it somehow ended up being Matt Stafford. Like that's the only situation where they're in as good of a situation as they were with uh, Jameis Winston. But what does the head say, Brian? Yeah, the head also says Jameis Winston. Uh, what? I, I I hey, listen, I I don't I don't know who said. Listen, I don't know that it's the right call, but I just think he's going to be back. I, I just think that, um, you know, I don't think they're going to pay him long term what he thinks he's worth. But I think that he will sign a two year deal for 30 million or something. Yeah. And, and then they'll they'll give him an opportunity to prove that the eyesight makes a difference and and that he can play under Arians. So I, I think it's going to be Winston. Um, Sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I love man. it from a fantasy Don't perspective. Don't be sorry. Don't I mean, God, sorry. Godwin and, and Evan. It makes the and, most sense. They're going to throw the ball around. So, yeah. Yeah. He still does. But I mean, you just, there's so many quarterbacks available here between free agency, the draft, and trading. It just, it's like, man, this is the time to move on to somebody who the can only, win games. Here's the thing I'll say. If they want to go polar opposite, then they go Teddy Bridgewater because that dude never throws the ball away to, to the other team. So <laughs> yeah. if you wanted to go polar opposite of Winston, you go with Teddy Bridgewater. You accept that he's probably only going to throw for like 25 to 30 touchdowns, but he's not going to throw any bad balls and you're probably winning just as many games. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're not, you're half as fun to watch. And again, it's going to be bad for those wide receivers, but it's, I mean, they're going to be in the playoffs. Like that's the thing. Yep. They're going to win division games um, and they're, they're going to be in the playoffs, especially with that young secondary that's, that's ready to take a step. So um, the Atlanta Falcons are set with Matt Ryan. Uh, the new Orleans saints are set at the starting quarterback position with Drew Brees. Uh, sounds like he'll come back. I, I think he's going to keep coming back as long as Tom Brady comes back. Uh, so that he can kind of pad that touchdown record, but um, you know, so that so they're set there. But I'm curious what happens behind Drew Brees. Like, what's the long term plan? Uh, you know, who's who's the backup? It sounds like Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater's moving on. We talked about that, Ethan. You even said it. He's going to start somewhere. So Teddy Bridgewater's no longer your backup plan, um, and kind of your long term. Uh, your long-term guy in New Orleans. So who's it going to be? Let's uh, let's start with Brian. What does the heart say? Well, my heart says that uh, I would like Drew Brees to never retire, please. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but the other part of the heart, and I I know that this is probably not realistic, um, but I would absolutely love to see Teddy Bridgewater be the guy there. I, I he he you know he showed that he can be the heir apparent in that offense this year. I mean, he went, Drew Brees goes out with the injury and Teddy Bridgewater plays what? Six games. Mm -hmm. Five or it, six. Yeah. F five and one in those games. I think um, he was undefeated. Was he? Okay. He so five and oh, so five and oh in the games that he started. Right. So he did play week one after, um, Brees went out. Um, and, and they lost that game, uh, but but yeah, five, so five and zero oh while he was out, um, and and played very very well, and was able to maintain the statistics 
of guys like Michael Thomas, right? Michael Thomas, you didn't see a dip at all in his production during those five weeks. So for me, Bridgewater showed that he can step into that offense and be the guy there and maintain those offensive stars. So I would prefer, I mean, obviously, best case scenario, Drew Brees is around forever. Realistically, he's not going to be. Teddy B is my next man up there. Um, again, I don't know how realistic that is either, but I would love for that to happen. Teddy Plan B. Love it. Uh, what does the head say, though, Ethan? You know, I I actually originally said that the head said Teddy Bridgewater, but the more we talked about it, I do I don't see. It. I think last year it made sense for him to him to say, okay, well, you could go to Miami and maybe make a little bit more money, but that team looks terrible, and you could get replaced immediately. Better off just being Drew Brees' backup. This year, I think he's going to have better options um, on the free agent market. Somebody is going to throw money at this dude, and I just don't see how – I think it's going to be a much harder pitch this year to keep him as the backup behind Brees. Um, Other head – I would say it's going to probably be a rookie. Um, I like – I have seen it floated around a few times that maybe Justin Herbert isn't going to go in the top 10 so there's some people that just don't like him maybe he falls all the way to 23 highly unlikely i don't think that's going to happen i still think he's going to go top 10 even if there are some people with question marks about him but a guy that could fall that far is is jordan love and i could i could definitely see him coming in being behind breeze for a year and being basically the heir apparent there that they could have on a rookie contract and then they build a team around him. Um, they give him breeze for a year to build, basically say, Hey, look, this is the dude that you want to be building around anyway. Um, come in, sit, sit, learn how to be an NFL quarterback, refine some of these things that maybe don't make you a top 10 pick right now and become our future. And I think that that's a very appealing option. I would be curious to see where Jordan Love would go if he ends up on the Saints in Superflex rookie drafts because I don't see any way you can let him fall out of like mid-second because this seems like, in my head at least, this seems like a pretty cush situation for Love, kind of best-case scenario outside of going to Indy and starting immediately. Sitting behind Drew Brees for a year is not the worst thing that could happen to you. Yeah, definitely. Kind of the the one thing that's going to depress his value is the fact that he does have to sit. And and you know people kind of uh, overreact to that a little bit. I mean, you know, we're still going to take Tua in the top you know five picks of Superflex leagues, even though you know he's gonna he's gonna sit probably more out of necessity um, wherever he goes. You know, it's it, he's not going to be a day one starter. Um, but, you know, just the fact that we know he's going to take over sooner rather than later, it keeps him in the top five. Whereas, you know, whoever was to go to New Orleans is probably they're going to get depressed a little bit by the fact that they're stuck behind Drew Brees unless he gets hurt. Um, but it's still you're probably only looking at a year, maybe a little over a year. So, uh yeah, I mean, that'd be a great situation. Uh, the only thing that I want to add to that, though, is I, I think Marcus Mariota and Derek Carr, two guys who make a ton of sense, um, just because it's a win-now roster. And, you know, if if Breeze were to go down, I you know, with an injury, I think that you want somebody who's ready to step in and keep the keep them rolling along the way Teddy Bridgewater did. Um, I, and I don't know if they're going to feel comfortable with Jordan love in that role. So I, I, I think it makes sense to get a, a kind of a project quarterback, but I also think it makes sense to bring in a veteran as well. Um, who's, uh, who's ready to take over if needed, um, kind of a break the glass scenario. So, um, it's an interesting one, but all of these, uh, the, it's going to be fun to watch free agency with all of these quarterbacks available. And uh, all these situations that are going to be available, um, it, you know, it's 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 going to be interesting to see how all this plays out and what it's going to do uh, for fantasy purposes. But with that, we need to wrap it up for the week. And as we do that, we're going to ask you for a quick favor. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also subscribe to the DLF family of podcasts, Mega Feed 
get access to all the great podcasts from DLF. And once you're subscribed, if you give us a rating and review, not all podcatchers give you that option, but on the ones that do those ratings and reviews help us to expand our reach, get out to a larger audience, involve more people in the conversation. And from there, we can really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you, the listener. And in the vein of listener interaction, send us your trades on Twitter at SuperFlexShow. You can also send them to any one of us individually. Ethan's at eTurnerFF underscore PT. Brian's at BrianHarFF. And I'm at SuperFlexDude. We can retweet those those polls for you. Help you get more votes and comments. Sometimes we even bring them here on the podcast and analyze them for you. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song Me Addiction that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Yeah.